0: What is up? Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to Crossing Broadcast, your Philadelphia sports podcast. It's dropping on you three times a week with three absolute knuckleheads. My name is Adam Lefko. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Lefko, Kyle Scott, Crossing Broad, and of course, Russell Joy at Joy on Broad. Kyle, are you ready to walk back your awful, stupid, dumb Game of Thrones take yet?
1: I am not. Uh, We got a lot of feedback about this, not surprisingly. I told my wife that last night. She's like, of course you did. Everyone loves the show. Um, The only thing I will say, and I'll just reiterate what I said the other night, was I'm not telling people it's not a good show. I am certain it is a good show. I am certain a lot of people like it. (laughs) Therefore, it is good if people like it. My only thing, is that I've tried four times. And people gave me shit. They're like, you're like Bob Brookover. You say you watched it four times, and then you didn't stick with it, and now you're bashing it. I'm not bashing it. I'm saying I tried three times to get into it, and it didn't hook me. And like, when you... I, if this were five years ago and I was not married without a kid and I had more time on the weekend to invest you know 10 hours in the first season, then I would do that. But when you have a kid, your leisure time is at a pre- a, a premium. so I don't know if I feel like spending 10 hours again to find out if I like a show. I've already watched the first four episodes three times. I've invested 12 hours trying to like the show. And I don't know if I want to, like, waste that time again. I might turn out to love it. But if I don't, I'm going to be pissed that I spent, you know, two hours a night for a couple of weeks when I could have been doing other stuff. I just, yeah. See, I might Russ, try it. I might try it. Russ, I'll say our, that. I might.
0: our issue with Kyle was never time. Our issue with Kyle was that he said things like, oh, the show is based in winter. I couldn't watch that
2: show in the summer. That's a and, reasonable and also, take. No, it's not because the yes, show it takes is. no, because the show takes place in the summer, especially in King's Landing. The "winter is coming" motto that you like to come back to so much is is the motto of House Stark, not the entire show. So you're you're factually inaccurate now. But that is
1: like the unofficial slogan of the show. Don't tell me it's not. My entire timeline was "winter is coming" all day on Sunday.
0: Yeah, because we're in episode seven, and this is when the white, like the zombies, come. So like. Yeah, do, you can't, you you can't, like, Kyle. But every every time mu- I
1: turn it on, it's dark and dreary and cold. Like, it feels like a winter show.
0: You've turned that's... it on three times in seven years. So that's what I'm saying is, Kyle, I'm learning how much of a contrarian you are, that you're literally making points based off commercials, which we've all known, like, we all know you can't do. Uh,
2: this is like, I, I, I don't, never mind. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna go too far in on this because I, I just don't think it's worth Adam, I just don't think it's worth our time. I really all, don't
1: all I will say this. I agree I am
2: with not I'm not sitting
1: here saying it is not a good show. It is people are giving me shit because I'm saying it's not for me. I've tried it, I've tried it multiple times and don't like it. That is that is just my opinion. I'm not sitting here saying it's a bad show. I could easily like that you should give me shit for. I'm not saying that because I haven't watched it enough to know. All I know of I've tried it. And it seems like it takes a lot of time and effort to get into. And quite frankly, I, I don't I'm not like in a point in my life where like I can invest you, the, a full season's worth of time to hey, try something. We're, we're I'd rather do end. something I know I like. You just you just described bocce ball. <laughs> what?
0: We're we're gonna we're gonna end this on this, and Kyle, here's the deal. I have I have met a lot of people that don't like the show. I'm dating someone that doesn't like the show. I get it. It's not for everybody. But the only thing I'm going to say to you is their response is usually, you know what, didn't get into it too far along, not going to get into it. You gave us four like reasons that, that you can't watch it, including like the time of the year and that you said it was like cheap grabs at like attention and all that stuff. You made up things for why you don't like the show. Instead of using the – if you would have just said – it's too far along and I can't get into it. That's great. But in typical Kyle Scott fashion, you had to come with attacking points, even though you had never seen it. And I, I, did, just,
1: not make, I, I did not I, make up the winter thing. My wife and I had this conversation multiple times. Like, I don't want to watch this show right now. It's light and hot out and our air condition's on. I'd rather watch, like, I, I don't want to watch a show that's like, oh, you know, hunkered down in a cave. That's, that's the way we've actually had this conversation. Just I'm because just you've so had the conversation you. with your
0: wife I, doesn't, you've made it up. Uh, All right. Not I think sure. it's time we leave. Uh, I was Russ, uh, do you have any, I want Russ to have the, the closing point here.
2: <laughs> um, you know, Kyle, when, uh, when season seven ends and, and things are going really well and, and next season it ends after six episodes and, your social media timelines and, and your Twitter feeds are full, of, are full of comments with people who feel fulfilled from watching the show, and you're sitting on your couch with your wife, not watching the show, and you just feel this overarching sense of dread and sadness and coldness, I just want you to just tell your wife, winter came for house Scott. That is all. <laughs> Did you work
1: hard on that punchline?
2: <laughs> I love that,
0: actually. I think, Kyle, what I want you to think is that when there's something happens, like a red wedding again, and everyone's freaking out, and there's memes all over the place, and you're watching... I do have a little
1: yeah. FOMO when I check oh, Twitter. Oh, dude. And then, then you do.
0: start being like, that guy is actually like Joel Embiid. Just realize that, you know, you're not a part of it. And it's okay. Yep. Uh, okay. You know what else uh, people weren't a part of? Uh, Allen Iverson's performance in Philadelphia with the Big Three didn't happen. He's been eliminated. Uh, Kyle, you texted us and said, uh, yes, it, uh, you said Eskin was wrong. So I, I want to hear kind of what's going on right now uh, with the whole Big Three thing in Iverson.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, actually, the Eskin text was relating to his Sixers point. Uh, I think I may have misplaced the comma in the text message. However uh i just figured we did talk about the big three on monday and it seems like more came out it sounds like um first of all ice cube going on twitter and responding to haters i think he re he actually retweeted a bleacher report article at him and he said something well how odd is it for a professional athlete to be hurt uh like he's he's kind of gone t- he said he owes philly one but i feel like he's pushing back way more than he should be right now considering he frauded philly fans out of however much they spent on those shit tickets
0: i i think he's in a very precarious situation because the product is not that great and the situation was so bad and um i, I understand the whole athletes don't play it was the timing of it it was yes. uh how how soon before the game um, like, I, I also am I'm curious, I wonder what Katino Mobley and Rasul Butler think. Like, these are two local guys, too, and, and I haven't heard their name mentioned one, and this was their quote-unquote homecoming, too. It just shows you that, like, uh, look, I, I thought this could have been a thing, too. And then I watched it, and after that first time, I was in California, and I was watching the big three, and me and my dude were pumped. We were like, this is going to be great. I am all about this. I can't wait to see Jason Williams and Allen Iverson and all these guys and Kenyon Martin. And after five minutes, my friend was, I felt bad because it sounded like he was trying to convince himself to keep watching. Oh, that was a great pass. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, dude, this is some rec league bullshit. And I, I, it sucks because I want it to be big. I just, I don't think it will, and I think the the situation
2: in Philadelphia kind of compounds it. Yeah, because he's he only has one play at this point because it it looks terrible for the league to have you know the guy that I think I even said Bonzi Wells was the guy that said that Iverson is is essentially the face of the league, uh, at, and especially in Philadelphia, like they they just blew their first opportunity. You only get one chance to come to market in each city and And it fell flat to say the least. I think the only play that that he has left is to hope that some of the the recent retirees, the the Paul Pierces of the world, Kevin Garnetts, the the Kobes, who Kobe's not coming, but like no. if a if a if a Paul Pierce, if a Garnett, if whenever Vince Carter decides to retire in like ten years, even though he's forty now, like if those guys end up signing up for the league shortly after retiring from the NBA, I think that's the only play they have left. Because otherwise, you're just going to be getting these fringe guys that that definitely can't carry the league. Like, If if nothing else, I think we've learned early on that the league is in such a fragile state in its infancy stage that it necessitates having legitimate star players who can be the face of that league. And without it, they can't go anywhere.
1: Does anyone have any idea what these guys are getting paid? It can't be a lot. What's that? It can't be a lot. That's what... (laughs) That's what I figure. I mean, it's got to be enough. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be enough to get guys like Iverson to show up and put on a hat.
2: But yeah, but see, I think he's he's also a different case because he's he's a player coach and he's he's a face of like he's making more. You would assume than everyone else. Like, how much is Rashard Lewis making?
1: Right, right. And you know, none of these guys, the NBA has been paying guys a lot for a long time so even fringe guys i don't know what reggie evans career earnings were but i'm willing to bet they were significantly more than the three of us will make combined in our lifetimes most likely um and i feel like i've had this conversation with people before when you look at something this is a little bit different but when you take guys who've made so m- like sports stars for the last 15 years have made so much money that they, it's harder to get the premium talent unless they're getting like a premium job. Like Alex Rodriguez is doing baseball on Fox because he wants to do baseball on Fox. He made so much money in his life that he doesn't need another dollar. He's doing it because he wants to. And there are cases like that. But um, this has come up with like Philly's dream, Philly's dream week, and it it sounds weird, but there used to be, you know, when they have the thing every winter and you go down, and the 93 team was really the last team where those guys, most of those guys, didn't make like life-changing generation-setting money. So they come out and they maybe get 10 grand or whatever to show up for a week and play baseball with a bunch of scrubs and they do it. Um, but lately, over the last 10 years, like that, that's never gonna happen with the 08 guys because all those guys made, all the stars on those teams made 75 plus million dollars over the course of their career. And so you're seeing with like, um, Adam, maybe I'd be interested to get your take on this, but like, is it harder to get, Former, recent former athletes to be analysts on things that are not like national tv because they don't need the money and i would fear that's probably the case with the big three the, you know guys might want to play basketball but they're not going to do it for a five thousand dollar paycheck or something because they simply don't need the money
0: oh not even just national tv i mean i remember when peyton manning was retiring uh sims was the only one that was like he's not going to be on tv there's there's, he's, There's a reason Joe Montana's not on TV. The, like Tom Brady will not be on TV. The really successful, highly paid athletes don't want to work the crazy TV schedules because they have so much money in the bank that there's literally nothing that's gonna to, to pull them unless it's like, unless it is an A-Rod situation where I think A-Rod, half the reason he wanted to be an analyst is because he's afraid that people don't like him and he wants to show a good personality but a lot yeah. of the big stars that made a lot of money are never coming on tv and they're definitely not getting into coaching because if you want to talk about not getting paid a lot and dealing with a lot of stress and working crazy hours no not gonna happen by that the way happened with barry Rick- bonds
1: last year did you see when he was the marlins hitting coach um i guess he liked being the hitting coach But people said he hated having to show up to the ballpark at 1 o'clock every day.
0: Again, so I'm sure he wanted to be like A-Rod in a situation where uh, Barry Bonds probably wanted to feel normal and he wanted to be around guys. But the schedule, people don't realize the schedule of coaches in America. Uh, Like when I watched that Amazon Prime uh, show this year, All or Nothing, this one pertaining to the LA Rams, and you realize that uh, John Fossil, the special teams goes to the Rams, slept at the facility on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday nights, stopped home for dinner on Wednesday nights, slept at the office on Thursday nights, and then stopped home on Friday and Saturday, if it was a home game. And you realize that, like, well, he never sees his family. And you expect, like, a, a well-paid NFL athlete to go into it. The, a lot of athletes don't realize how much their coaches work uh if they're kind of the high paid guy that doesn't need to be there. By the way, Reggie Evans played 13 years in the NBA. Uh guys, how much money did he make? Russ, go first.
2: Are we talking about Reggie Evans, the one that the one with like the weird goatee? Yeah, yes, obviously. We're not talking about the He played
0: on the Sixers for 2
2: years. Uh I figure he probably made what 2 million a that year. That was year after year. you became let's a go, fan. Too, let's go. Let's go with so. like 20. Shut up. Uh 27 million. Wait more. I'll go over. I'm going to go over. Kyle, what's your guess? I uh, uh, thirty-seven. Oh yeah, I'm going under the the minimum. It probably should be more the than
0: current, that. the actual answer: thirty-two million one hundred thousand.
2: Wow, Kyle, made, what did those,
1: you say? Uh, he say? I said you said a, twenty-seven. I said thirty-seven. So it was right, all right. in the middle. All right, he yeah, made
0: nearly he made nearly nine million with the Sixers in two
1: years. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. Now that would be like a it's oh. like a D
2: league guy now. The
0: most money he, he was made was one Bellamere. year with the Raptors, he made five.
2: He made just over five million. Good for him. He was yeah. a fun to be. To, to be an no. Well, he was an energy guy. I like. I liked. I I liked his smile. I didn't dislike him. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. He was a
0: he was a rebounder. He was a grinder. He was a do everything kind of guy. The kind of guys that you hope they got on the Sixers that you're buying those season tickets for. So, Kyle, now please address why Esken was wrong. I'm imagining you're talking about his stop on the Cataldi show.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I can I got a little information on this, and I could say that uh, pretty much everything he said on Angelo's show regarding the Sixers and their tickets or whatever was total bullshit. He couched it in. He spoke with people who used to be with the team, which I assume is just code for the the previous regime or two. And we, I think we've talked about on here. I think maybe even you mentioned it, Adam, like it's kind of cheesy to cite people who don't work for the team and act like you're an authority on it. And I, I'm mad at myself because I jumped the gun, I always bash Eskin, and yet I did a post yesterday saying this is Howard Eskin at his best because I thought no way anybody goes on the radio and says something so specific and concrete like the Sixers are lying about selling 14,000 season tickets, that is simply not true, If even if you include partial plans, that is not true. I didn't actually think that someone who's been doing this as long as Esken has as much of like a rabble-rouser that he is would just go on the air and say that without being pretty darn sure about it and he sounded pretty darn sure about it. Uh turns out he was he was completely wrong. Uh I could say that the Sixers did not sell 14,000 tickets uh 14,000 season tickets. They've actually sold about 14,000 500 season tickets. All of those full season plans. They do not include any partial plans. They are legitimately fully sold out. They are, of course, so holding you're, back season You're 100% for game sure. You're I'm 100% sure. 100% sure that certain his report
0: how, is wrong and that the Sixers have sold that amount of season tickets.
1: 100% sure. He's was, he was lying and full of shit. And, and so
2: full season tickets and not pre orders on or, or money down on 10 game plans. The way, nope. Uh, in fact, they were up over 13,000 before the
1: Fultz trade. A lot of that, it sounds like, came from their burst in January. I mean, from January on, they were pretty much playing defense on incoming season ticket calls. And they made up somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 additional plans since the, they moved up to get Fultz. Um, the waitlist situation it sounds like is it sounds like if you're on the wait list will be your only way to get a partial plan and that might not even be for this year that might have to wait until next year the benefits of the 76 wait list it does get you ahead of people um the 176 seventy-six dollar list does get you even further ahead of people um it sounds like i the sixers will most likely get mostly just free entries on that so there's a decent chance if you're on the free wait list you would at least get a partial plan next season the benefit of paying is that you get with the 76 dollar plan you get single game tickets will be available to you at face value I, I don't know in what amount and for what games but there will be some available to you and for the 176 and seventy-six dollar tier the uh the regular season and playoff games at face value will be available to you again i'm not sure in what whatever and in what tier but uh Eskin was 100% wrong on that, and everyone spent a day bashing the Sixers over uh, the potential that they were lying about season tickets and then using the waitlist, and then we're going to go to the waitlist and call people back, which might be the case, but they have sold over 14,500 tickets and currently do not have any more available.
0: As someone who like doesn't pay to go to sporting events anymore, this story like doesn't resonate with me at all. Like... I am Mr. I like to watch the game on television. I just think Me it's, too. Me it's, too. it's a lot of fun. Um, and so when, when I hear all these people complaining about their, the, the tens of thousands of dollars they're spending on season tickets, um, I don't know. I get, I get the game for free you know so I, I i know like i'm just I, I don't feel like i'm in that bucket to to discuss are it. you
1: saying that because you could get a credential if you wanted to go or just cuz you prefer to watch on tv
0: no like i'm down like i'm i prefer to watch on tv typically uh just because man the last few times i've gone to sporting events i've just like the where i'm i'm, I'm listening to the conversations around me i'm paying like ninety dollars for like drinks and food um you know it there there's just and for me it's not that great of an experience you know like i've been to so many sporting events in my life and then also to your point about credentials i've had amazing seats at those sporting events but yeah like going to a sixers game like the energy is always fun but like i'm the guy that's not jumping for the free t-shirt like i'm the guy that i'm shocked Uh, that looks up at the Jumbotron and I'm
2: not like, man if I get on that thing tonight I am going off so... You're not like that Flyers uh, the Flyers fan that used to take his shirt off up in the upper deck, that's not you
0: I might become that guy, you know that, that could be like a future life plan but uh yeah, I don't know. Um, and and I, I, do, I do understand the notion, though, that if people thought the Sixers were getting over on them after all the years that we put up with, just trust us. You know, that we're not, we, like, I know we have a shit product, but please help us out. That the first chance they got to raise ticket prices and stuff, you know, I, I do understand the optics of that are really bad.
2: Yeah. But, uh, uh, go ahead, Russ. That's my problem. I said it before and, and I'll say it again. I just think it is—it's the epitome of being greasy and sleazy. Um, the funny thing to me is the tiered packages, especially the seventy-six and the one seventy-six priority versus super priority. Like, what does super priority mean? That you get to it go means- into like that you're in the you're in the top ten or the top hundred of the waiting list now, and that somebody's package falls through or somebody cancels and like that I. I don't. I just don't like the concept of it. I don't like the fact that they're trying to monetize people's allegiance to the team. Like I, yeah. I get, I get that a team wants to make money. I get that they probably didn't make a ton of money the last few years. Although the valuation of the team when they go to sell has gone up exponentially. I think we've said before it's gone up three or four times what they purchased the team for. By the time they go to sell it, it's going to be worth well over a billion, right? So. It stands to reason that that they know that their end game they're going to get a massive return on investment. I don't like the the optics of it after not having even won anything, or have even like if if they had done this following the seventeen eighteen season, and we're coming off of a, a, like a fifth seed or a sixth seed Sixers team that you know might have won a first round series or like took it you know took it down to the wire, and. And Bede stayed healthy. Simmons looked awesome. Fultz was great. And he said, look, now it's time. Like, we we kind of paid back the fans for their loyalty by not doing this. And now that the team is turning the corner and, and legitimately looks like they're going to be an Eastern Conference contender, now we're going to monetize. Like, we've said in the past that the Warriors do this stuff. Well, the Warriors can do it because they've won NBA titles. They're perennial contenders every year. They're the favorite to win the title. I think it's different for them. This this isn't isn't something that the Sixers had to do. It's something they chose to do and I I don't think it's a good look for the team. Now so, ultimately the demand the demand is going to, you know, dictate that that it, it'll pay off for them. And that obviously people want season tickets and they want to pay this fee to get on the waiting list. I just don't think it's a good look for them.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you that it's not a good look um and I think for me it's always been not the actual price, but the fact that there's all around the fringes, they're always trying to get more, whether it's the wait list or whether it's them continuously doing real time pricing, even on things like season tickets, which I'm not sure I've ever seen in sports where over the course of an off season, the season ticket prices are changing. Um, to me, that feels like it's really kind of unnecessary. The amount of money it nets, in addition, you know, the amount of incremental cash that it nets. Is it really worth the, the PR hit and, and tweaking the fans? I don't know. Maybe it is. They're obviously not having a problem selling tickets. I will say this um, with regards to how much money they're making and the worth of the team. The way I understand it is the Sixers are are a totally separate business unit obviously from everything else joshua harris and his ownership group does they the way i understand it they don't take any money from the profits of the sixers those guys are you know josh is a billionaire on his own the you know, he's a whatever, 40, whatever percentage of the Sixers that he owns with the other 10 guys, it's not making a drop in the hat if he were to pocket the profits at the uh, at the end of the season. That money that is profitable is being reinvested to this team. So the Sixers as themselves run as their own business silo kind of outside of Harris. Now, you're right. His value and the ownership's value is in <laughs> they have this super valuable product that when, when and if they do sell it one day, it's going to be worth a ton of money. But they do reinvest those profits. And I think a lot of that money goes into things like the practice facility, which by all, I haven't been there yet, but by all accounts is, is pretty spectacular. So I think they would probably argue that this money isn't going into Harris's pocket. They're, they're trying to run a business. And for years, they haven't been able to sell a lot of tickets. They were, there were $5 tickets when this ownership group got there. And I think now they're understanding that, hey, we have demand and we're going to try and make some money. I would agree with you, though that sometimes it feels like and i obviously have written this it feels like a bit much do you really need to do a three percent tweak here and a three percent tweak there i get that it's a business i'm not a communist but at the end of the day you know maybe there's a little bit of a balance there to to placate placate a fan group that has been through a lot and you're right you haven't put a winning product on the court yet so um adam you're thinking i agree with you about not going to games like yeah. i'm i'm a tv guy too but i do look at it this way i feel like having a kid t- like tends to change calculations on certain things he's not ready to really go and understand a sixers game yet but in a couple of years i could take a three or four year old down there and get ice cream and enjoy the sights and sounds and whatever and as the prices go up especially as someone who now lives an hour outside the city to go to a sixers game it's a half day affair um so it's a drive it's it's now $25, $30 parking. A ticket for even a 4-year-old might be $25, $30 depending on where you sit. You're buying food. I mean, you're you're looking at a $120 evening and and that's the thing that I think is it, it becomes tough to swallow. Like when when I guess when you're single and have disposable income, it's easier to I blew a ton of money on the Phillies in from 07 through 11 and there's was no worse for the wear But you know, things begin to cost more as families multiply. And I feel like the Sixers, if they keep, they haven't raised second level prices much or at all year over year. And there are still some cheap seats. However, um, you know, eventually that time will come and it, it will be harder to take a family to a game, which is, again, it's a business and it's not cheap to go to an Eagles or Flyers game either. But it does feel like every now and then when they turn the knobs, it, it does tweak you a little bit.
0: I got distracted because I'm looking at Joel Embiid's Instagram and he posted a picture with this this director, Michael Ratner, and then I checked Michael Ratner's Instagram, and apparently something is coming soon, whether it's with go 90 Sports or with a new show with Kevin Hart, but Joel Embiid is going to be on camera. And uh, man, I'm just, I I, want to give you guys some insight just about how popular he is. Um, so I sit next to a lot of the big wigs at Bleacher Report that are like determining social. So like, I'm, I'm and I'm in their chat rooms too with like when they're going to put up posts and as soon as they find content. And they really like, they look at Embiid as though he's a kind of like a LeBron or whatever when it comes to posting his social media about him. Um, because all the stuff they do at Bleach Report is analytic-based. And so they could tell, okay, look, whenever we post videos about Joel Embiid, we get this kind of response. He is getting like the largest social media response other than LeBron and Russell Westbrook, and sometimes more. And it's just incredible the, the kind of star that's been made with him. Uh, I, I just think it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like the NBA 2K thing that happened with him, it was boom everywhere. And it's, it's just wild because we've seen before like Jane McManus scoop local writers about him. But it's going to be interesting to see how the local media covers him because as soon as he posts things, it becomes a national story. And so the Sixers are a national team right now. Uh, more so than the local scrub team that we thought they were going to be for so long, they haven't done anything yet, and they're already like a national franchise.
1: I could tell you there are some people in the local media that are are very con- now very concerned, but <laughs> it could be a pain point trying to get Embiid and Simmons because I think they are they're probably the first two athletes we've had locally that have really understood that they do not i mean they are here you go russ is your favorite they you know they're donald trump they have figured out that they don't need the media for anything to get their the message to talk out and obviously there are like team and league mandates about speaking to the media and stuff but they are concerned that You know, the sort of availability where you can do a profile or a feature on the guy, even the the 08 Phillies, 09 Phillies, as tough as they were to corral, if you were on the inner circle of media, you got plenty of access to, to Ryan Howard, maybe not so much Chase Utley because he hated talking, but Howard and Rollins and stuff. And I think people are really concerned because Embiid and Simmons can just do their own thing and they're already national brands. The Embiid thing's crazy because Kyrie announced his Irving t- his rating too, and I think some, uh, Paul George was there too. And I didn't even know that until I googled it. And maybe it's just my timeline, but even the national NBA accounts were tweeting Embiid's Embiid's comments about his rating, and no idea that Kyrie Irving was even there.
0: It's because Embiid's funny, you know. Embiid has
1: yeah. is is relatable.
0: Uh, let's do something that's that's funny and relatable. Got fan nine nine nine. What sport, Philly sports radio personality would you be least surprised if you found out? I didn't read this ahead of time. They were a closet serial killer, uh, Russ. Uh, this sounds right down your serial killer alley.
2: I can't imagine that any radio host in the fine city. All of right, Philadelphia you have to answer out. it, Russ. You have to answer it. Um, how about a guy who just left the fanatic? Rob, Bell you're stealing mine. I was gonna say, go. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember you calling dibs on it. No, I know. That was what I was gonna say. Neither of you said the name. Who are you talking about? Rob Ellis. Oh because Russ, I, th- I, picture, gotcha. I could the I could eyes. picture him as like Dexter. Like he he would uh he would know how to uh how to clean everything up. He has like the nice kind of uh the good guy vibe. He's got like the uh the all American dad, the glasses, the 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 nicely done dad hair, but you know, <laughs> uh if you do wrong if you do wrong by philadelphia sports he's coming for you i feel bad because rob is a rob is a very nice guy i've met him a couple times like long that's why i said he's radio he's, or he stuff he's like a, a, nice, a nice he's a good guy
1: and he's a good family guy and like he's he's obviously uh i don't i don't think he's great on tv or radio but i feel bad naming him the serial killer but he does have i feel like his eyes his eyes give off the uh uh he's got very intense eyes on the air Adam, you, you get that's, that's a really
2: next uh,
0: level. I was going to say the whole R. Kelly leading a cult thing has kind of thrown me off. I mean, I knew that he was creepy. I just didn't realize he had a cult of like women that he brainwashed. Um, so I don't know why I started thinking about Ike Reese. Um, just being like super friendly because it has to be an affable guy. That's why the Rob Ellis thing isn't too far off because it's the nice guys that are effective serial killers. You can't be the creepy guy wearing a Pantera shirt in the corner that like, like, you know, works on his knife skills. Everyone's going to know. And they're going to be like, listen, we got to get rid of this guy. You got to really put on a whole cover. Maybe Al Morganti,
1: you know? Ooh. Just sort of let, always acting a little bit aloof Sitting there reading the paper
0: I'll tell you who we'd never, th- we never think
2: Rhea Hughes <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's funny the oh, on, it or, like, or the mention of Rhea Hughes Or the mid-mute Of the, uh, the ambulance going by In New York City I know I'm trying <laughs> to time it out I'll tell you who the
0: ultimate one would be Tell me who in the media market In Philadelphia Is extremely hard working Extremely quiet. Everybody loves. No one has a problem with. Very meticulous, uh, and that's what you gotta be Bark as a serial hand? killer. You gotta be very meticulous. Ray Didinger.
2: Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Oh. Yep. Closet full of arms. You know what? Closet full arms. Didinger. takes on the role of the mentor, and he starts mentoring Mac now. That's uh. Their their show is merely cover for them coming in from late nights uh, covering up bodies. You you might be on to something here. He's got well well kept notes. I feel like a
1: staple of being a serial killer is being like super neat and tidy, like you said, well kept notes. But the the shirts are a little like eighty style shirts. I could see that actually.
0: Yeah. The only thing I'm going to say is none of this is true. None of them are serial killers. Yes, we, we really
1: get... apologize. We really hope we didn't upset anybody, but so you're basically is. named everybody anyway so like mike yeah. Ma- no one, it's funny no one said mike cause, <laughs> because it, it would be too uh, it would be too obvious yeah because he's a
2: lawyer he'll sue you for libel
1: no but like it can't i don't think he's a lawyer. i think he graduated law school or like passed the bar i don't think he's actually like an official lawyer he apparently I, oh, keeps, keeps up
2: wrong. he apparently keeps up his uh so he his has lexus nexus account okay
0: Kyle, since you uh, were talking so much about the Phillies earlier, I kind of want you to do this. Gene Carlos Stanton, uh, Christian Yelich, is it or Yelich? Yelich. Yelich and D. Gordon. Which one of those do you think is the most viable Phillies trade? All of them, one of them? And who do you actually want if they were to make a
1: move? A lot of people were surprised to see D. Gordon's name because the Phillies have like three or four young middle infielders. And and two specifically two second basemen, Cesar Hernandez and Scott Kingery, and they're one of their biggest problems. I, this group doesn't really value power, but D Gordon hasn't hit a home run yet this year. He uh, essentially can't hit it over the outfield wall, so he doesn't seem like to make the most sense. However, uh, he has a several years left on his deal. He's not making a ton of money, but the Phillies really want Yellich because that's the guy that is controllable for the next five to six years whatever it is he's 25 he's a good well-rounded player controls the zone like all the things philly's current group looks for in a hitter is what yelich is but it sounds like to get yelich and i think this is why stanton and certainly gordon are coming up they're probably going to have to take on another contract that the marlins don't want and whether that's stanton at four billion dollars or whatever the hell he's making uh or d gordon with a a little bit less i think that's why gordon's included so i think they're targeting yelich but uh gordon might have
2: to be a throw-in or something like that yeah Um, there i i the the idea of d gordon is just a strange one at best and it's something that that would would have reeked of like a ruben amaro move of going out to get a a guy who's later in his career um with the idea of, of him somehow filling some kind of non-existent need on the team. but I get of those three players, he's the, the most easily attainable. So to answer your question, D Gordon is probably the most likely one, but it would not obviously be the best choice for them of those three. I feel like you have to come with someone else though. I, I can't understand
1: why they would just go out and get D. Gordon. It would make very little sense for them right now. And he's 29 and fast. And you know the thing what what loses with age? Yes, you could be a Dave Roberts or Ricky Henderson. And D. Gordon's never going to be slow. But his biggest strength is being speedy. And that will time will begin to chip away at that. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Phillies to go out and get him right now. I feel like he would have to be part of another deal, which would I would be fine with. By the way, I like all three of these players. I would not be, I would not be unhappy to have Stanton Yelich or Gordon on the team. But I think the Phillies really want Yelich, and if maybe they have to take on a Gordon or a Stanton to do that, which is fine. They have the flexibility to do so. It's not, you know, you're never going to get the perfect scenario.
0: Kyle, when you wrote down Doug Peterson comments, were you talking about the media comments or the Green Bay Packers comments? The Packers comments. So Doug Do Peterson. I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm sure everyone knows it by now. Doug Peterson made comments comparing this team to the Super Bowl champion Packers uh, that
1: he was a part of. Kyle, what exactly did he say? So quote, "You're capable." Dot. 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 I look back at my time in Green Bay as a player when we were making those playoff runs and those super bowl runs there and do we have as much talent on this team than we did then we probably have more talent right peterson said but we also had a lot of talent in 2011 here and where did that get us so that's got to be a combination of blending all this talent with the coaching staff with my ideas and philosophy to bring that all together put the egos aside put pride aside just focus on winning this game that we have in front of us i'm a big believer if you do that you look back at the end of the season you're probably going to be where you want to be and that's playing in the postseason
0: So people lost their shit. Uh, it was on every national uh, show that I saw, Fox, ESPN, all that stuff. Um, and Kyle, I think you had written a comment where, uh, man, he might be, might be pretty uh, dumb or something like oh, that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've always thought Doug Peterson was pretty dumb. Um, and people, people gave me a lot of shit for that the other day, but nothing he has ever done. shown to me that he is a cunning individual and that includes his his on-field decisions some things he said in press conferences his his capacity for logic and, and intellect seems seems pretty low um people are like well you know you gotta appreciate a guy going up there and speaking his mind and putting it all on his shoulders i guess that's a fair point i would agree with that what i would say however is there seems to be a consensus tim McManus, who doesn't throw shit at a wall by any stretch of ESPN.com, who covers the Eagles and covering them for eight or nine years now, writes, Doug Peterson probably needs to win nine games to keep his job this year. The the Eagles front office, as much as they like him, they're not going to be too patient with a guy who doesn't have a, a track record as being an NFL head coach. So the next day, if you're Doug Peterson, probably the smartest thing to do isn't to come out and say, well, we have more talent than a Super Bowl-winning team, and it's all on me to do something with that talent. You're putting undue pressure on yourself. I think you're putting undue pressure on the team. It's a borderline dream team comment for a team that won seven games last year. Uh, it's an arguable comment, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. There's Why? I, I appreciate someone speaking their mind, and I like how Doug doesn't really have a filter. Again, I think because he's a little bit dopey. But how I, but you know come on man it doesn't it just doesn't make a lot of sense because at the end of the year if you're Doug Peterson and you go walk into Howie Roseman's office and Jeffrey Lurie's in there and they want to sit down and evaluate your year that's the quote they're going to pull up and say look there's nothing else we could have done you just told us we gave you a Super Bowl level talent and you went out and won eight games so to me from a self-preservation standpoint that is just about the dumbest thing you could possibly say I just don't understand why people had different expectations for Doug Peterson. I
0: mean, if you watch the end of the Cowboys game last year or any of his real decisions that were tough decisions last year, he was awful. All of his press conferences have been bad. Anyone that says, uh, don't you just love a guy that goes out there and speaks his mind? No, I don't. Uh, I really like the Bill Belichicks of the world. I really like the guys that don't say everything. Uh, It was one of the things I loved about Chip Kelly where I know the local media didn't like it because he didn't he played coy but I don't want someone giving away the truth and telling him what's going on he's really scary when he talks around free agency in the draft he was really scary the first time that he stood up there. Uh, I've always said that the reason I have faith in this Eagles team is because of the assistant coaches because he's got like two other offensive coordinators with him and a defensive coordinator that used to be a head coach um, I have always been suspect of this hire. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but... When I think of head coach demeanor, he's never filled that void for me. Uh, and I don't think this comment's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because we're in July and there's not a lot going on. Um, I also would say if you look at the offensive and defensive lines and most of the athletes on those team and compare them to a roster 20 years later, simply by evolution and by the changing of the way these guys get their body, that this team is probably more athletic than that team, just in terms of you know the growth of humans and all that stuff. But comparing Carson Wentz to a three-time MVP, Brett Favre, is just a little ridiculous. Um, and and in the end, it's just Doug Peterson doing Doug Peterson crap again. And I, I just don't know what people were expecting because he constantly steps on his, his own toes and constantly uh, you know says weird stuff. And I, I don't know why people are shocked
2: how many times adam i think your 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 point about it not being a a story but only being a story because of its timing is i think where it where the whole story should begin and end like i i don't know why anybody would get too incensed about it um i don't i I don't think anyone's incensed i think people are just i am rolling my eyes at it like i I don't know why people give give it much of the time of day like, it's not as if we're in the middle of training camp and he said it, because then I think it, it holds a little bit more clout in, in it being a stupid comment. But, like, he's saying it before training camp has even started. Like I feel like it's even dumber, because you haven't actually seen, seen them on the field yet. No, because, I don't know, I, I, I look at it the other way. Because I think if, if you're halfway through training camp and you make a comment like that, then it, it also calls into question your evaluation um your valuation skills of your players. Like if you say that kind of outlandish thing in in the summer before training camp gets starts, I think it's I just think it's different. Like you you could make an outlandish comment and it and it really shouldn't uh, get you in too much hot water. But like the idea that if he is going in at the end of the year after only winning say six or seven games, and and they ask him you know what what was the the reason for it and he he does say that you know well we needed more here we needed more there and they pull that quote against him like yeah that's what you're supposed to do in an interview setting so i don't know man like i i didn't give this thing the time of day and i and if anybody's really upset about it or if anybody is is using this as a way to say that he's clueless as a coach because he's comparing them to a super bowl team like i i it's valid i guess but it, it's just i just think it's dumb i think giving giving it too much traction is is stupid and i think um uh, you know, basing the entire or basing a lot of your perception on the guy because he has a comment like this is also equally dumb.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's just records. It's, it's Russ, it's record, Russ crack I crack wish record. I was
0: yeah, Russ, I wish I was basing it on these comments. I'm basing it off of watching the team last year and Carson Wentz is hurt, and then the next play he's the lead fullback on a running back dive. Uh, which is where I think it's a a better case to make. Is his game day his preparation? There's tons of examples of him just doing bad coaching decisions last year. Like, tons. And I have also thought that he's not one that inst- instills a lot of confidence in the fan base and the media. Um, but this, it's it, I love watching the media this time of year and seeing what they jump on and what becomes like big topics. Like, this is perfect Chris Sale cuts his jersey time. Uh, this is... Uh, lucky whitehead loses his dog and that becomes like a monster story uh this is the time of the year where the really dumb stories can become a thing and we get it's usually the stories that are either loosely rooted in some form of race class whatever that become like a like who who does it resonate with um that's why the kaepernick story well the kaepernick story shouldn't die at all but um I'm curious what the next big one's going to be that takes over for a few days.
2: Well, you saw the cat, like the to speak on the cat, like, did you see the thing that happened with Kaepernick and Vic? Of course, I mean, yeah. So I mean,
0: I didn't mean to react like that. I
2: apologize, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no, it's it's fine. But like the the Kaepernick story and and the way Kyle, I don't know if you saw it, but uh on foresight what, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> on undis undisputed well it was probably you guys and ten thousand other people. Um the idea that Vic said that Kaepernick needs to shave his afro or put in uh cornrows to somehow get himself like to get his image essentially uh reset and, and like to somehow fall in line with what the expectation is like he did when he cut his cornrows. Like it it's just weird. And and Something like I, I was seeing, because Adam was saying about you know like race and, and how, how that I don't doubt the there are players who feel like that, though. I, I don't think he should have said that,
1: but I'm, I'm, I would be shocked if there were players who didn't feel that they had to do those things,
2: which yeah, is not again, a good it's thing. It's the difference but, between saying it yeah. to to people who are in the league off camera and, and actually going on camera and saying it. And, and like seeing something the way that the, um, the world tour of, of Mayweather and McGregor blew up. Like ESPN's undefeated section or whatever has has this like full write up about how they used racism and misogyny to to try to you know drum up interest in a in an archaic sport. Like those kind of stories, I think as as the fall is going around with football season, basketball, even hockey, like when and and playoff baseball, like when those things are going on, none of these things are real stories. But it, I think if nothing else. These kind of weird fringe stories and taking quotes and running with them and making them the story of the day kind of shows, if nothing else, I think, even more how baseball is in trouble and is becoming less and less relevant, because baseball can no longer drive the conversation of the day. Now, I know it's different in Philly because the team is is terrible, but even on the, from the national perspective, like, if, if you typically look at, at what is leading on ESPN— Baseball is not always at the top. Now, I'm looking at ESPN's website well, right now. Well, imagine and, this, and, and Russ, they have, Imagine they have if Giancarlo stories,
1: Stanton was a basketball player. Like, I agree with you. If if there were trade rumors for a player of Stanton's level in, in basketball or football, it would be it would be wall-to-wall coverage.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think the only reason that baseball, when I'm looking at ESPN's website right now, the only reason that they even have a few stories at the top are because there were a few trades like J.D. Martinez getting traded for, for squat. And the trade deadline's coming up within like the next week and a half. So it I, I just think like baseball is is in just such a bad position that even even like Joel Embiid talking about his NBA two K rating isn't a story, but that somehow becomes this social media explosion where where baseball, you know, can't get a foothold. So I, I just I don't know, man. Like if you're a baseball fan, this is why I'm glad that I I like so many sports if I were a, solely a baseball fan, I don't know what I would do with this summer. Like there, you could there still is... yeah. But
1: if you're a baseball fan, you could still get your baseball info. I think that's more of just a a national thing. If you're a baseball fan, there's there's nowhere preventing you from getting your info. I think stories like. Doug Peterson or Embiid getting a lot of attention. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with July is is typically the slowest sports month. So that's a big part of it. I do think, back to the Peterson comments, I think he would have, these comments would be getting attention at any time of year. Now, if it was between weeks three and four, it would probably be a a two-second conversation. And I don't think he said something so outlandish that he's, I haven't been paying attention. I don't think these comments were leading SportsCenter by any stretch. However, locally, I think it's a totally reasonable thing to discuss. And I don't think anyone, back to Adam's point, I don't think anyone is piling on Doug totally here and has some sort of outrage. But it's just, it's another one of those things that he said where you just kind of like slap your head, like, God, this guy's the coach. He should be a little bit more, just a little bit more methodical or measured in these things. And, you know, he says things... Previously in press conferences where he'll say like, oh, we're not going after this guy. And then the Eagles are going after this guy. And there's been several instances where it seems like he's either cut out of the loop with the football ops group or he's saying something that's just completely wrong, which is kind of a head scratcher. And, you know, to add to your point, like about players being um, advancing he is you're right he's probably right this team probably maybe is has does have more raw athleticism and talent than a team 20 years ago that's the case in all sports what he may have failed to realize is that that is the case for every other team in the league too including the patriots and falcons who were in a shootout in the super bowl so all things evolve um again but that's like one extra level of thinking that that i'm not so sure doug peterson is is doing ever
0: I uh, want to give a shout-out to Agrove6 and Bob, 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 Bob Bivif, uh, for their five-star uh, uh, ratings on iTunes. Appreciate you. We are up to 215. Uh, guys, do you have anything else before Friday, before we get ready to go? No, yeah, something, you the reviews. I, I do. Just yeah.
2: some, something really short. Um, we've talked about this in the past. The uh, men's national team oh. is playing tonight. I'm just saying, it's the Gold Cup. They're playing tonight in Philly at the oh, that's Link. that's right. Are you um, going? The tic- no. I,
1: I actually can't. thought I- about it.
2: I-, I wanted to, but uh, the tickets aren't aren't that bad. If you're looking for upper-level seats, they're 30 bucks. Some lower-level seats are 45 I think you get two games. The U.S. plays, uh, I think, at 9 o'clock tonight, and it's two games for the quarterfinals. It's the only time that they'll be playing in Philly during this Gold Cup. It's the quarterfinals. So if you're looking to get out... They're calling in reinforcements and guys that you would know, like Clint Dempsey. So it's it's something to do in Philly tonight if you're if you're really hurting for for some live sports. And those events are I've been to the summer soccer, just the exhibition events. I
1: would assume that watching a, an actual Team USA game that counts, sort of, even if the no one cares about this specific event that is the Gold Cup. That will be a fun atmosphere, 100%. So if you're, if you're toying with the idea of like, oh, maybe I want to get into soccer this year, maybe watch the EPL, I, I will co-sign with Russ. You go, go to that match, and you, you will probably have a good time.
2: I actually find it's yeah. better to sit up high for soccer. <laughs> Unless yeah, you're like you, really you close. To you can,
1: yeah, you can see a lot.
2: Sit up And high. that game's at, the men's national team plays at 9. There is a game that's at 5 o'clock. I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Ticketmaster makes it look like both games are on the same ticket. But I, I'm not positive about that.
1: You got to pay to get on a wait list. Ayo. Yeah, Exactly.
0: Uh, today is my official first day of non veganhood. And uh, oh, man, I, I, I'm tempted to go get a cheeseburger right now, but I'm going to take it slow because I don't want my body to self destruct.
1: What, what is Did your plan? T- do you have a plan?
0: I do have a
2: plan. What uh, is it tonight? Didn't you it, say you were going to go ahead? No, go for it, Russ. What'd you say? I remember, like, way back when, didn't you say you were going to go to, like, the finest burger restaurant in New York and get, like, the biggest, nastiest, greasiest bacon cheeseburger? Wasn't that...
0: Yeah, so today I'm going to lay low. I'm going to... I might add some some chicken at lunch. Uh, tonight I think I'm going to go with, like, a, a soup uh, to really ease in. And then tomorrow night I am going and getting a monster bacon cheeseburger. Uh, what are but you i tried to
1: I, ease your stomach
0: back into. Yeah, I wanted meat? To, I wanted to slowly because I didn't want to do it and then be like, because I want to go down the shore this weekend, and I don't want to be like Wednesday night and then like Thursday and Friday I feel like crap. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ease into it today. And then tomorrow, I'm gonna really just attack at full force.
2: So then, let's let's warn everybody that Friday's episode is probably gonna post about 45 minutes later this than gonna usual. Gonna need the shit. Because 6:00. in addition to Kyle waking up late again, uh, and and us getting a late start, we're also going to have to contend with the fact that we'll probably start recording, and then Adam will have to go poop, and then somehow along the line <laughs> from Adam muting himself on our website, this TriCast thing. Typically what happens is if we if we start recording at some point if you mute yourself or we we stop talking for a, for a minute Kyle loses the ability to hear Adam and I and he has to resend the link and then we start over again. So I would not be surprised if Friday's episode does not come out until closer to 8:30 or 9. Well, let's bring the fire hopeful. on I, I'm going to I'm going to do some
0: self-critiquing.
2: Um,
0: I think that Friday's show needs to be great. Friday's show needs to make up for Monday and Wednesday. I feel like Monday and Wednesday have been okay, uh, but I think Friday's show, we need to bring it. I don't know what we're bringing yet. Um, I asked people on Twitter to hit up, let's hit up Kyle. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Also, iTunes. Uh, leave us that five-star review in that comment. Uh, let's let's get a little weird. I think Friday we should do like a mixed bag of weird topics and weird questions. So it doesn't have to be Philly-related as well. I'm sure something will happen between now and then. But if we can also mix in questions like the uh, serial killer stuff, if we do a Friday show of only mixed bag stuff, I think that would be great.
1: I'm down for that. Only serial killer questions. No. Yeah,
0: but not serial questions. Yeah, exactly. Other stuff. Um All right, so uh, Russ got in his final shot of of uh, world football. Kyle, do you want to plug anything before we go? Do you have any uh, good articles coming up on the site later today?
1: Uh, no, no, in the middle of July, just sort of like read and react and hope something, hope something interesting happens. I do want to perm- – oh, God, what did I want to – I felt like I wanted to pimp something out, and I can't even think of, think about what it is. That's how good of a sales guy I am.
2: So you want to be a player, but your what? wheels ain't fly. You got to hit us up to get a pimped out ride. I got you said nothing. So you wanted to pimp it out?
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I got nothing.
0: That was awesome. I, I mean, Russ constantly surprised me. The theme song to Pimp My Ride, and that is how we're going to go out today. Uh, hit up Russ at Joy on Broad. Hit up Kyle at Crossing Broad. I uh, also want to give a shout out to the awesome hater, Bo Allen's Belly, who tweeted at Kyle. Adam is why I don't listen anymore. His broadcasting skills suck, and his sports <laughs> knowledge is inferior. It sounds like he doesn't prep for show. Bo Allen's Belly, man, I wish you had your real name. Hold on, there's a picture. What what does it look like? Is it a picture of it's Bo probably Allen? Probably Bo <laughs> Oh my god, this guy is a fine human being. Oh my god. He looks like PFT he's wearing a, a belly shirt with American shorts with his eye cl- that might be Bo Allen. That's so Bo it, Allen. It's you're looking Bo at, Allen. Tune at, in
1: on well,
2: Friday for Adam, Adam's belly. I, Adam, I, Adam, I know you're not gonna of, believe this, but Alan's you're looking belly. at Bo
1: Adams' belly. Like that Bo Allen's belly. Like that. that I like, that's I like it's it's not false advertising. You're you're advertising. I that is like actually... when people
0: take shots on me on Twitter and then I like to look at their account. And see Same. what they've tweeted. Same. So his first tweet is, it's funny how the hot people from high school aren't hot anymore. They're either on crack or on meth. And that's the perfect way for me to retort to Bo Allen's belly. Have fun with all your cracked out meth friends. Um, all right. That was weird. Um we are-
2: What a way to end. Yeah, what a way to end. Happy Wednesday.
0: All right, Friday's going to be super, super weird, so join us then. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing, as always. Uh, Share it and leave those five-star reviews. Guys, have a great rest of the day.